0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Den of Nerds podcast. I am sitting down and chatting with Rob from Geek Culture Explained and Comics Explained. Rob, how are you today, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good. I apologize for the terrible audio, guys. Like my whole uh, my whole thing's being redone. My basement's being redone. Like the good microphone and everything's all put away. It's uh, it's, it's a little rough.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know what? They're they're gonna enjoy this conversation so much. They're not even gonna think about. Uh, that so no worries on my end Yo, we were just talking about before a little bit before we got on about Hawkeye I want to sort of go back to that a little bit get a little bit more of your thoughts on it and in general the, the way I sort of wanted to take this combo was talking about the beginning of phase four we're both big fans of Marvel we both like the comics we both like generally speaking what they've been doing with the MCU but Phase 4 has started out, I would say, a little shaky, a little uh, more shaky than I'm comfortable with as a fan. And uh, I guess I just want to get your thoughts on that, generally speaking. Like, do you agree it's a little shaky of a start? How are you feeling about the decisions they're making? And then maybe we'll take it into some places of, like, man, mm-hmm. you know, when X-Men comes in or, you know, Fantastic Four, like, hopefully they do this, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, what do, what do you think, man? Hawkeye, you you were, uh, yeah, you were saying...
1: Yeah, man. Um, so the funny thing about Hawkeye, and this this is what makes it so interesting, I think a lot of people are seeing it as kind of a filler show, which is something that, that you and I were talking about that that uh, you know, in fact I, I had I think I had asked people or or there was some kind of poll I'd done um over at Geek Culture Explain and it was like, you know, how do you guys feel about Hawkeye? And I think most people's response was, Well, I'm watching this until like Spider-Man comes out, right? Just to kind of get their yeah. fix yeah. of of you know Marvel content um and i mean we got the first two episodes right the the day that it came out on release day and it was enough for us to be like okay so like we have a good idea of the show and we know what it's about and we got a good blend of comedy and action but for the most part what you saw in the first two episodes i think is basically what you're going to get for the rest of the season in terms of like tone and feel i think there's a few mysteries there but if i'm being honest man this reminds me a lot of falcon and the winter soldier
0: Mm, okay and and that's i assume not in a good way, yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's in a good way. I mean, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was just, it was it was fine, right? It was the closest that we got to like a straight Marvel movie. And this kind of feels the same way, right? I mean, it's not WandaVision. It's not Loki. There's not like twists and turns, right? We're not going through like a corn maze trying to figure out, you know, where the exit to all this stuff
0: is. Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's like, you know, go forward and then make a left and then you're at the end. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. You know, it's,
1: it's, it's pretty straightforward, right? It's not that complicated.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I was just, I was kind of having this thought the other day where, cause, cause I, I really like Hawkeye. I feel like it's, it's strong, but it is, it's, Like if you compare it to just great television of the past five to six years, you know, it it doesn't really stand up to some of the like absolutely incredible groundbreaking stuff that we've had. Like I consider uh, the Netflix Daredevil show at least the first two seasons to be just like ridiculous, out of control, pushing boundaries. You know, Invincible season one, The Boys season one, you know, Game of Thrones early on. Like and I sort of had this thought and I wonder what you think about this. I feel like Marvel is in a position where they might just want to make some, you know, some decent television that's good MCU content. And maybe they're not always trying to make the next groundbreaking crazy show. And maybe there's a little bit of like our expectation as Marvel fans coming in and and sort of tarnishing what otherwise would just be considered good content. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: You know, I, I think that it's Marvel playing it safe. Um, but it's also Hawkeye, man. I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you make a show about Hawkeye into something akin to Loki. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's I mean, I play, mean yeah. and that's, that's, that's kind of the thing. I mean, when you look at the character of Hawkeye, right, you got Clint Barton. You know, there was a point in the comics when he was deaf. I think an old man Hawkeye or an old man Logan, he was blind. But as far as his overall character goes, he's just a guy who's really accurate. Hmm. And he got blown up by the Scarlet Witch in House of M. And and he's just he's one of those guys where he's just he's just kind of there, right? Um, you know, I, I think that that you know the way that Jeremy Renner plays the character is phenomenal. I think it brings a lot to it. But when you look at like the Avengers roster and you look at like future characters that will appear really throughout phase four, because when you think about it, we what Black Widow, Shang Chi, and Eternals, we're three movies in, and then we're about three weeks away from four movies in, and then we and then next year you know, we're going to be five movies in and that's only a few, right? There's fantastic four. There's blade. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, right? There's what another, like, like eight or nine, maybe 10 movies that are coming out. Yeah. And that's just the movie. It's not even the shows. So when you look at like the future roster of the MCU and you look at the past roster of the MCU, it's Hawkeye, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) He's, He's got really cool arrows and he can shoot really well. Um, that being said, you know, I still think that in the show itself, I'm by no means writing it off. Um, like I said, I think it's pretty straightforward. But I think there's room to to kind of look at the show in hindsight once it's done and to kind of sit back and say, yeah, like it was pretty solid, right? It wasn't crazy. There were no wild twists and turns or anything like that. But I had a great time watching it right? and just kind of walk away.
0: Yeah. So do you think Marvel is – like is this okay or is this going to be something they change – where they look back and they're like, you know, look, th- that show was good. It was serviceable. People liked it. But it was Hawkeye, sort of like to your point, And it performed maybe lower than some of their other shows. Is that okay for them? And, and is that okay for the fan base? Or do you think that maybe after this next year or so, they'll <laughs> stop doing shows like Hawkeye and just do like Secret Invasion and crazy stuff like that?
1: I don't know if it's a matter of whether it's okay or not. I think it's just kind of the way they do things. And a lot of it's just contingent on the character. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, in truth, when they announced the Loki show, my thought was, okay, like, I mean, Loki with uh, a cosmic cube or, or like the Tesseract basically, you know, disappearing. Uh how do they even make a show about that? Because like, we know where he's gonna like, we know where his story leads to right. and all that kind of stuff. And then we got the whole Loki show and it was amazing, right? They announced WandaVision and you looked at the trailer for WandaVision and it's like, okay, I mean, it basically looks like the Brady Bunch meets Dick Van Dyke. So I guess it'll be cool. And then WandaVision was phenomenal, right? right? So um, you know, I think a lot of it's just kind of contingent on the character of Hawkeye and to be honest, I hope they do more shows like Hawkeye and Falcon and the Winter Soldier because you need a balance, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's like going to a movie theater and seeing nothing but just the best movies all the time. Eventually, that becomes your your baseline. right? right? Your baseline becomes the best movies you've ever seen. And then from there, like nothing will ever be that great. And it's not to degrade Hawkeye or to take away from Hawkeye and, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but you need a balance of shows that are just you basically watching a Marvel Cinematic Movie, a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that stretches on for eight hours mm. um, versus something as crazy and wild and zany as WandaVision and to kind of keep that that sort of check going on there so that way we don't get to a place as the viewer where we're expecting every show to be WandaVision or to be Netflix's Daredevil or to be uh, you know Loki and then suddenly we're disappointed when that's not the case because that's how Disney would end up killing mm. their, their TV line, right? Because they literally become victims of their own success.
0: Yeah, no, that's a totally fair point. So, like, I guess, you know, we're, we're kind of saying that it's okay that it's just what it is, and, you know, they can experiment with these characters. And I guess from a budgetary standpoint, Hawkeye cannot cost, you know, as much as some of these other shows. I mean, Falcon the Winter Soldier apparently costs an insane amount. That's likely due to reshoots and, you know, them changing a lot of stuff. But, you know, I guess as long as they're not burning too much cash cash to develop these things, and it's landing with a portion of the audience, yeah, I, I suppose it's not, it's not a, a big problem uh, for them. But with regards to just Phase 4 in general, there have been a lot of fans that are calling it, like, I don't know if you've seen any of this in, like, your comments and stuff like that, but I hear, like, Phase Bore, And like, you know, a lot of people saying like, oh, Marvel's really fallen off. They haven't really performed, uh, you know, well in the, the start of phase four, I believe even John Campy has been like super critical of almost everything, um, that they've put out, you know, you follow this stuff, you know, really, really closely. What's your like report card score for them so far? And do you buy into any of that, uh, kind of chatter?
1: You know, I can see where people are coming from when they say it feels a little bit boring. Um, I mean, Black Widow was all right. Uh, honestly, I thought Florence Pugh absolutely knocked it out of the park in that movie. Uh, I was never a huge fan. Of Natasha Romanoff. Honestly, I think Natasha Romanoff was more interesting in the comics in the ultimate universe like she was literally a spy for the Russians mm. and helped the Russians conquer the United States during like cataclysm, right? So that was, that was an amazing storyline. But um, well, that wasn't really cataclysm. But nonetheless, um, it was a great storyline. So like, you know, she ended up actually being killed by Hawkeye. It was a crazy thing. Like Hawkeye's family died when you know because of what it was that Natasha Romanov had done. So she was like taken to a hospital after being injured. And Hawkeye sneaks into the hospital and shoots her in the face with an arrow. Hello. And like then he yeah, then like he kills Black Widow. And so after that, um the clone of Peter Parker, Jessica Drew, who became Spider Woman, actually became widow after Black Widow. And then she was like this huge ally slash mentor of Miles Morales. And it was a really, really cool story. But um you know i could definitely see where people look at black widow and they say i mean it was a cool story we're a little late to the game for origin films but you know whatever um i can see where people would look at shang chi and see it as being a little slow and i could definitely see where people would look at eternals and see it as being a little slow i think a lot of that's because we're coming off the heels of like the first 10 years hmm. right so like you look at like iron man 1 running all the way up to I don't know, like, what is it, Avengers Endgame, right? We just kind of use that as, like, the cutoff point. We right. would say, like, the Infinity Saga as a whole. Um, I never really considered Iron Man 1 to really be part of the Infinity Saga. But, you know, if we if we kind of throw it in there, sort of the starting point of it all, um, then I would say, okay. You know, at that point, Iron Man 1 was, let's see if we can make a movie as our own studio that people will be receptive to. Right. And then we'll also kind of have a plan just in case it works. And it did work. And so they were like, okay, let's execute this plan. And so they executed this great big huge 10-year plan that culminated in Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Foggy came out and said, those 10-year arcs like we did with uh, with you know the Infinity Saga, that's not going to be a thing anymore. It's going to be like three to five-year arcs. And that's it. Right? So you're going to have maybe like four or five movies that tell a story. And then either you move on to the next one or it's basically mini-stories that lead into... A much bigger story or something along those lines so if you were to take like phase one was totally self-contained phase two totally self-contained phase three totally self-contained but then like it all kind of came into fruition with like Endgame and infinity war it's kind of you know what i believe or at least what i interpret you know he's he was basically saying but um the reality is the first 10 years a lot of us grew up with those movies right i mean it was literally watching marvel just get better and better True. at the movies they were making i mean they had a few misses right like thor dark world you know, it was a pretty bad miss. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that great of a movie. But we grew up with it, so I think a lot of the feelings that people have in relation to looking at the the current Phase Four films that we got, I think that it's it's kind of becoming a victim of rose-colored glasses, or I guess like nostalgia glasses, yeah. and kind of looking at the last ten years and being like, why can't we continue the last ten years? But I'm okay with with sort of moving away from that. Having said that, this is a slow start. Right. I mean, there is room to make the argument coming out of Infinity War and Endgame. Is there really a place for origin movies like Black Widow? Right. right? Like, can we really do that? Is there a place for slow films like like uh, Eternals? Right. Um, Or is there a place for origin films like Shang-Chi? I think the answer is yes. But I think that it almost a lot of people kind of look at it or they seem to look at it from the perspective of like, we started out with Iron Man one. We were at zero miles per hour. By the time we hit Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, we were doing hundred miles per hour, and then we go into Phase Four and Black Widow, we smash the brakes, and now we're back at zero miles an hour. And people are like, "No, no, no! no. You got to keep that momentum going. Right? right. We got to go from a hundred miles an hour to hundred and fifty, and then we got to hit two hundred, and then we got to be at like a thousand miles an hour by the time it's done." And I think to a degree that's a little unrealistic yeah. of an expectation, um, but I, I wouldn't deny that Black Widow. Um, and Eternals especially were very slow films that didn't really seem to have a purpose. That's the biggest, that's one of the other big issues that you run into is when we were going back, when you went back and watched phase one and some of the ancillary movies that came in like phase two and so on, basically origin films, uh, you know, the, the original origins and then some of the ones they peppered in later on, they went towards this cohesive story that we that we understood, right? Because of the popularity of Thanos, because of the history of Thanos, we all knew at the end of the first Avengers movie Okay, so like, Infinity Gauntlet is going to be the story we're getting somewhere along the line, right? Like, we know that's going to be the case. There's no real indication of where this is leading to, True. right? So like, you sit down and you watch Eternals, and it's like, okay, cool, we have Air Judge, and the Celestials are kind of dicks, but like, what's the point of this? And then like, you watch, you know, you you look at Spider-Man No Way Home, and it's like, okay, so like, what does Spider-Man No Way Home lead into? I mean, as we're being told, Sony and Disney are like, yeah, we're still going to make Spider-Man movies, we're going to make like, another trilogy, yeah. So it's like, okay, I mean, what, what is that? Like, what is this leading to? Sure. What's the point of all these movies that we're seeing? And there isn't really a clear direction anymore. At least it doesn't seem like it. It's not, it, you don't sit down and watch Black Widow and and Eternals and Shang-Chi and you say, okay, just based on these movies and the TV shows that we're getting, we're going to end up there. Yeah. And I can't wait until it happens or at least something akin to that, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, even if we didn't necessarily know exactly how infinity war and avengers endgame were going to unfold we knew that like thanos will get the infinity gauntlet somewhere along the line and like shit's gonna pop off like right, we knew yeah. that was gonna happen yeah yeah no <laughs> we i knew think, that was gonna be the yeah case.
0: for sure i think that's a really good point because it's like a little bit of like recency bias because you know i uh, like you said, we grew up with these movies, and when I think back, man, it was really only the last four years leading up to Infinity War and Endgame. Maybe you can make the argument for three years where Marvel like hit this stride of just dominating, mm-hmm. and everything was brilliant, and it felt so cohesive and tied together. Um, But even like there are parts of even phase three, uh, you know, a, a lot of phase two that are not as tight. And I think that when you create what you did with Infinity War and Endgame, which were I mean, this was like a global phenomenon where you had like grandmas, aunts, uncles and super casual folk like, invested in the MCU, going back and watching it. It reminded me a lot of, like, what was going on towards the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones, where, I mean, you know, despite the the drop-off in quality, that show was never bigger than what it was in those last few seasons, and you had a Mm -hmm. lot of people coming in late in the adoption curve. That's what happened with Infinity War and Endgame. It was, like, this shift, and people got so into it, and I think even for the folks that went back and caught up, There was still a recency bias, and like you said, too, having that actual endpoint of, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, of Thanos, you know, that event being told, it did give this, like, direction and a, a beat to everything that was happening at that moment. You don't necessarily have that with these beginning uh movies in Phase 4. And I think in some ways, even without the pandy and even without these delays, the beginning of Phase 4 was almost always designed as like taking a deep breath. Because like they had Black Widow, they had Shang-Chi, they had Eternals planned. Even in a perfect world, those were going to come out the year following uh, Endgame right? And so to me, it's like, I feel like Feige's direction for the beginning of phase four was, holy crap, we need to take a breath. We need to think about the future. And I know he's always, he's sort of touted that they had this like five-year plan uh, regardless, right? I I just think that especially after that, uh, after they lost Spider-Man late 2019, you know, or at least they thought they were going to, they shuffled things around. And I think they, you know, it at San Diego Comic-Con in uh, 2019, I think those announcements were only part of what he was originally going to announce, and that there have been massive changes and shifting uh, behind the scenes, and they've sort of done a good job of make it seem like, at least to uh, you know the common folk or the normies, that that is absolutely not happening, and that this was sort of always the plan. But I think he always needed a break and, and you know you were kind of saying like when it comes to the disney plus shows it's good to have this balance where not everything has to be the most uh epic and, and crazy thing ever i think that's kind of what he was mm-hmm. doing after endgame like he had already sort of built in and designed let's take a breath and then what happens is the world falls apart we get this big year-long gap and then all of the hype Which was going to be coming anyways for like, you know, Doc Strange and Spider Man and Multiverse and all this fun stuff. That hype is now sort of slamming up against these movies that were designed previously to exist a whole year before that hype cycle happened. And so I think there's sort of like a mismatch going on with uh, some of the Marvel fans' expectations, a little bit of recency bias. uh, But also, to be fair, they have had a string of movies that. I think just as a just basic fan of, of that franchise, have not been the best. Like I would say, to me, the strongest movie is uh, Shang-Chi. I think it's the strongest one. I like it a lot. But it is kind of—it it doesn't feel as intrinsically important as a lot of these other characters. And the post credit scene is interesting, but it leaves so much sort of up for interpretation that you're not quite sure— how important he is, how important the Ten Rings are. Does this tie in a kang? You know, is it Galactus? What is this exactly? It just feels like, oh, this is this matters. Like you know what I mean? Like, hey Marvel fans, this matters, but it's not as clear as what you get with the Infinity Stones and, and Thanos. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. And and I've long since been a believer that releasing Black Widow when they did was a misstep. Um mm. that Black Widow should have been released before Infinity War and Endgame. Um, and, and and for a variety of reasons, right? The most notable is because the story of of Black Widow literally says this girl just couldn't catch a break, yeah. right? And so it's like like her life was just mired with tragedy and like sacrifice and loss, and and the impact of her origin story would have even more gravity when she died in Endgame because it's like damn, this girl like literally lived a crappy life, like damn, that sucks. And you would have felt for the character more. As it was, you were like, okay, so basically a girl who shot at, shot at like aliens during Avengers and reported to Captain America at the beginning of it, and has never really done anything useful in the entire history of her run in the MCU, sacrificed herself for the Soul Stone. So okay, cool. She's, she finally served a purpose after 10 years and like mm-hmm. 22 movies. I mean, I think, I think that, that if you, if they had done her origin before then, people wouldn't have approached it that way. I know I approached it from that way. I was like, I mean, I don't really care that Black Widow died. I mean, whatever, like, cool. We have a soul stone. That's really the only takeaway. Right. Um, but I think that, that, you know, in, in seeing her origin story, Oh, it would have had far more of an impact. And the other thing to kind of keep in mind, and, and you and I have talked about this in the past, you know, over over Twitter or what have you. Um, when you look at the first 10 years of the MCU, what was it that made the first 10 years and, and, and just the origin stories of the MCU great, right? It was the Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. It was the small little things. It was Captain America's shield showing up as a kind of prototype in iron man one right you remember that scene when pepper Potts walks in on tony stark and the suit's being taken off of him and he's like you know you know uh let's face it this is not the worst thing you've ever seen me do or something like that yeah. and like captain America's shields on a table in the background right right and, and i remember i remember seeing it, it was like oh my god right like the internet exploded and people were like captain america shield we're gonna get steve rogers and then it's yeah. like speculation on who's gonna play captain america you know and then colson's like i have to go you know deal with something in new mexico then you find out it's thor's hammer that landed there right and it was even smaller things like you go and you watch edward norton's incredible hulk and there's that scene where he takes betty ross to the mountainside and like there's this crack of thunder off in the distance and the hulk starts roaring and then like later on it's confirmed that crack of thunder was actually the scene from thor when he was trying to get his hammer back so it's just it's different things along those lines you know and and you have like the the iron man two. i think it was a credit scene where like you have the whole shield screen in the back and Nick Fury's talking about like people they're keeping their eye on. And there's like a dot out in the middle of the Atlantic ocean. And it's like, Nemo the Submariner. Like it was things like that that made it cool. And, and while you kind of have those things to a degree here, they don't seem to have the same impact. Like here's, here's a really good example, a great post credit scene or a great Easter egg. And it's just like a throwaway moment is where like, like, you know, something happens. I don't know exactly how they would do it. Peter Parker is talking to Aunt May or something like that. They're talking about like everything going on in the aftermath of, you know, far from home and his identity being dumped, you know, and um and she's like you got another letter from the future. And he's like I don't have time for that, right? Like right there, perfect yep. easter egg because yep. the Future Foundation was the Reed Richards think tank. It's the 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 group that Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four created in order to bring in the best and brightest young minds that he could think of to basically like just engineer great stuff and and it would be awesome if it was like you know because because in the comics spider-man was part of the future foundation and so it would be it'd be awesome if it's like yeah man like reed richards is trying to get spider-man into the future foundation like another really good idea a buddy of mine sal over at cover had this amazing post credits idea for the fantastic four he was like, it doesn't need to be like some overly convoluted thing, you know, where it's like something crazy goes on, and, like Johnny Storm writes four in the sky. Like It doesn't need to be anything goofy like that. But like, he's like, just imagine the scenario where like, it's a post-credit scene, right? It fades from black into whatever, you know, whatever it is that you're seeing. And it's just some guy who's like typing away at a keyboard and like looking at a chart, you know, and like, like literally the camera is facing him from behind. So all you see is his back. And the camera starts to zoom out, and the desk just seems—it just seems like this desk that's enormous. And like his hand stretches and like grabs a cup and brings it back, and then it goes to black. Yeah. He's like, "That would just be an amazing post credit scene." Yeah, that'd be nice. Because it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, wow, you know, Fantastic Four. It's 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 stuff like that. But having those little Easter eggs that go towards a singular thing, you know, because at that point, like, in, at the end of Iron Man One, it's you know, I'm Nick Fury, I'm here to talk to you about the. Awesome. Cool. So now we know why Captain America Shield's there. And then it's small little Easter eggs that we all know are leading to the formation of the Avengers team. So it's like, cool. And even when you were talking, you know, we're talking about the release of Doctor Strange, right? The first Doctor Strange movie. It's like, damn, we're doing an origin film this late into the, into like the Infinity Saga. Okay. But then you kind of roll with it because you're like, I mean, he'll be a part the whole Infinity Gauntlet event. So cool, you know, it's awesome because like, we'll see him there. Yeah. It's not like we're getting an origin of Doctor Strange and then we're not going to see him until phase five, right? He's like, all right, guys, cool. Well, my story's done. I'm going to go into the multiverse and just see what's there. And they're like, we just don't see him for another, you know, five years in, in movie time, you yeah. know, or something like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's again, you know, that kind of, you know, that, 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 that sort of making it clear, this is the direction we're going in. I mean, I know they say like the next big villain is like Kane the Conqueror, But, like, okay, aside from the whole thing with Amortis at the end of Loki, there's not been a singular reference to his existence in anything else. And we know that he's going to be, like, the main bad guy in Quantumania. But, I mean, Quantumania is not what you think of. You don't think of, like, Ant-Man and Wasp. Like, you don't think of of their third movie when you think of, like, a major significant crossover event. So either it's Cain the Conqueror is going to be the main villain there, and he's not going to be defeated, And then it's going to continue on into like the new Avengers. Or he is defeated by Ant-Man and Wasp using the power of the Quantum Realm, which is weird uh, to build up a villain who quite literally is the reason for a giant multiversal war who is defeated by a burglar And a scientist's daughter. Like, it's it's, it's weird when you think about that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it's interesting that, like, because, yeah, you're right. Like, it seems like multiverse is the play, and, like, there's a lot of hype around that. And I think this was always the plan. But they did have to shift things around, right? So, like, originally Doc Strange was supposed to come out before Spider-Man. They had to Mm -hmm. do, like, a total reworking of the plot of even Spider-Man to make this movie make sense. And to set up Multiverse of Madness. Now, Multiverse of Madness is apparently this, ne- the, like mm-hmm. the next, just epic sort of entry into what is going on and what everything's going to be like afterwards. This movie is going through an incredible amount of reshoots, and they're just they're spending a lot of energy to make sure that that movie's ready and that Spider Man is ready. So, I guess like, do you anticipate that between No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness, like after that? will we maybe have that that sort of end goal in mind? Will we have that idea of how Kang is going to fit into all of this much like Thanos did? Or do you see that as just a couple of separate things setting up possibilities and then Marvel's still going to do all this other stuff? Because like, you know, Hawkeye has no multiversal references, right? Like a lot of the stuff doesn't seem like it will either. And they're going on to do Blade and it seems like Midnight Suns might be a big thing there. Do you think that they do have some macro way to pull all of this together, or do they even need that at this point?
1: You know, you raise a good point there, right? Because I don't think any of us really expect Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin to walk through a portal like Thanos did. Like on five <laughs> that
0: would be wild, years. by the way, bro.
1: Like <laughs> it, would, it would be amazing. Right. It would be boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah but if it's like like a portal opens and Kingpin's like, "Oh, I the ill Yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't think anybody is, is, you know, is is expecting that kind of thing to happen. But, um, I mean, you know, I think, think, you know, you raised a good point earlier when you were talking about, like, the reshoots of Doctor Strange or the idea of Doctor Strange being, like, the next big, huge, massive event. As I understand it, they're walking away from, like, the Avengers-style movies, right? So it's, like, you know, a series of solo films and then, like, the big crossover movie. And then a series of, of individual films and then a big crossover movie kind of thing, right? So um, maybe that really is just the direction of things. That what mm. you're like, what we're going to be seeing in like Spider-Man No Way Home is just the future of the MCU. That it's just crossover stuff, mm. right? That, that movies like The Eternals will still kind of exist because we're being introduced to characters, you know, and, and being told what their origin stories are, where they come from, that kind of a thing. But but I mean, if you look at the future of the MCU, that's what it looks like, right? Like you look at, uh, at Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, you look at Guardians 3, it's Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, when you look at Thor, Love and Thunder, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw that as, like, the other half of the story where, like, the, the Guardians are kind of there with him. Right. Um, when you look at, at Doctor Strange, right, like, there's a huge cast there in Doctor Strange 2. Um, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, you've literally got a huge crossover. And Doctor Strange is in that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's just kind of the future direction of things. Yeah. And and maybe Quantumania really is the, this scenario uh where it kind of represents the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where instead of having like, you know, the new Avengers, you know, with like all these different characters and stuff like that, instead it's like Doctor Strange 2, where it's a huge coming together and it's basically Avengers by a different name. And that Ant-Man and Wasp is essentially the same thing, that you get these, you know, these big crossover events that happen in a story belonging to an individual character and then just kind of go forward from there. It honestly wouldn't surprise me if that were the case. Um, Whether or not that'll work, I'm not entirely sure because I think there's a kind of a, a sort of hype and excitement that we've come to expect when it's like the announcement of an Avengers movie. Right, you know, I mean, uh, you know that from having yeah. watched all the movies, and everybody listening to this knows from having watched all the movies. The concept of the Avengers in the MCU has sort of taken on a life of its own, yeah. right? It's yeah. almost like like the notion, or like the very essence of what it means to have an Avengers movie is like a character in the MCU in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's just something you're excited to see, and so if Marvel Studios were to come out and they were to say, "Okay, guys, so not do- instead, we're doing Ant Man three, Quantum which is basically going to be an Avengers movie. We're just not calling it an Avengers movie versus them coming out and saying like, New Avengers is when it all pops off, and yeah. like everything has been leading to this. Doctor Strange two and Spider Man No Way Home, and you know Ant Man and Wash Three Quantum Mania, and like Guardians Three and Four Four. It all it's all leading into New Avengers, right? Like that's going to drum up a lot more hype mm. because I feel like people are like, if 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 they're like, it's all going to conclude in Ant Man and Wash Three Quantum Mania. People are going to kind of be like, I mean, really, like an Ant Man movie? Right.
0: I mean, I'll go see it, yeah. but like
1: an ant-man movie like
0: <laughs> yeah for sure yeah it's yeah. it's interesting and then like you know you think about bringing in the x-men and bringing in the fantastic four and then like you know reports of like secret wars being some kind of an endpoint or a place that they they want to end up it, you know it's interesting man I, I don't know what to think it seems like they're trying to set up maybe a bunch of different thanos level threats like if they really are going all in with um you know, uh, Moon Knight and the Midnight Suns and putting Blade into that, you know, because you have Dane Whitman uh, and Herschel Ali in that post credit scene of Eternals. And there's just a lot of buzz around that 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 could be a big franchise for them that they might want Midnight Suns to be like, almost avengers level of a franchise right so that that's kind of interesting they're obviously building up the thunderbolts you know kind of spinning out of falcon the winter soldier and black widow that's obviously a thing for them uh maybe a little bit of that established in she hulk as well so it seems like they're open to setting up multiple thanos threats and whatever the heck's going on with like eternals and shang chi and just all this wildness and that's really fun but it doesn't give you like a central direction and a place to sort of aim at as a fan and build your expectations up for that. I wonder if it's going to just be a really chaotic phase with a lot of stuff that's introduced. And then Secret Wars is really sort of this deus ex machina, like we're grabbing up all the, the heroes and the villains and throwing them on a crazy world. And it's sort of, you know, totally different than a lot of things that are going on you know, right now in the MCU, I'm just like really curious. I I think we'll get more answers after Spider-Man and after Doctor Strange. And next year, hopefully we'll have, you know, a big announcement from Marvel, hopefully a really nice San Diego Comic-Con where they can sort of explain some of this because there's also this angle of like Sony and their relationship with Marvel. And like, you know, I don't know if you've heard the rumors about, uh eddie brock and the post-credit scene in spider-man with like the venom stuff but essentially they're like sort of teasing out that, like is he in the mcu is he not in the mcu like sort of yanking him back over to sony stuff and it's like man there's a lot of questions here like i i really hope that there is some kind of a a, a cohesive plan and not just like uh here's all the dope things we want to do and we'll figure out how to make it uh make it work you know what i mean
1: yeah, well, the rumors I've heard about the post credit scene with Eddie Brock is that Eddie gets yanked back to his universe, but a piece of the symbiote gets left behind.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so the symbiote ends up bonding uh, bonding to Peter Parker. But have you heard like, – I actually have a video coming out later today for it, but have you heard the theory, the Power Broker theory? No, I have not heard this. With the Spider-Man No Way Home? No. So the, the, the Power Broker theory in No Way Home, uh, the theory is that that's how Electro, Doc Ock, and Green Goblin get their hands on Stark tech, Ooh. is they get it from Sharon Carter
0: wow yeah that would be crazy yeah
1: yeah because she's like a forgotten character like i feel like if she showed up in the movie and it's just like like lecture on them or just like yeah man like we got our hands on star tech from sharon carter then you'd be like oh that's right sharon carter i forgot she existed that's the chick captain america was banging right that's what people's response. <laughs> yeah be, yeah yeah for sure right and it's like i mean yeah that's kind of who she was but no i mean she, she's in a great position to be that character and i think that would if they did that Honestly, I think it'd be awesome because it would one show that Sharon Carter, they didn't just shuffle her off to the cornfields, right? Like she's in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and she's a power broker now. She's just kind of she's walking away she's talking on the phone never to be seen or heard from again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and it would also show just how extensive her reach and power is as the power broker, right? Um it, it'd be I think it'd be I think it'd be super cool. Yeah, that'd be fun
0: for um, sure. Um
1: yeah, but but back to your point, and, and you know, I get you know, too long, but back to your point, I think you raise a great point when you talk about all the different projects that Marvel has going on. Like, I mean, I think we can all kind of agree we are way beyond the the traditional Marvel formula that we saw in like the first 10 years and even right. like the first two phases yeah. of the MCU, right? Like we're, we're way beyond that now. Uh, but moving away from that level of simplicity and moving to this level of complexity can be a turnoff because one of the things that people enjoy is trying to solve a mystery. But if you have a, if if there's literally, you know, three crime scenes and it's like, okay, this is all done by the same person. We got to find the common motive among all three scenes. Then it's, it's a relatively easy task. If I give you 3000 crime scenes at that point, it's just overwhelming. Right. And so that's, you know, I could definitely see how a lot of people may be turned off by just the sheer complexity of what's happening in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at the moment, and that it almost seems like the the movie equivalent of like too many chiefs and not enough Indians, mm, you know, like it's yeah. just it's it's just yeah, just kind of chaos, just just total chaos and just too much happening at once. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I wonder if in some ways Kang can be the solution for that. You know, I've heard a lot of people say that they don't think there'll ever be like a soft reboot uh, or anything like that going on with the Marvel, but I think the more you crack open the multiverse and the more you play around with a character like Kang the more that that could happen you know what i mean like i don't know man it's it's weird to think that with like what marvel currently has that they can sustain this like for For long, long periods of time. You know what I mean? Like, because they have to figure out massive contracts for these characters. Because, you know, Feige seems really just addicted to this idea of consistency, you know, with the actors and different things like that. He doesn't like recasting. He likes trying to keep those characters uh, the way that they've been identified, you know, through the Infinity Saga. So it's like, man, like, can you really. Just keep doing this. I mean, I guess they have the ability. Like, if you just think about some of the things that they're already working on, it's a it's a plethora. Like, I've heard it said that they're juggling like thirty odd projects right now in some stage of development. That is absolutely insane. And some of them are, you know, X Men related, and some of them are likely to do with the Fantastic Four. But even with all of that, like, how are you going to have that all feel? cohesive and have it all feel like it actually fits together it seems almost like like you know a a victim of their own success it's like it's it's almost getting too big which is why i think with something like a secret wars you could consolidate right like you could have one last hoorah with a lot of these different characters and even do more of what he's gonna do in Multiverse of Madness with like you know, some of the, the Fox X-Men characters and, and characters coming back. You could double down on that, have a last hurrah for like Robbie Downey Jr., some of these other people, and then really do a soft reboot of sorts where you have a different. I mean, do you think they would ever do that with like a different Tony Stark, um, you know, the same Peter Parker, maybe a yeah. different T'Challa or something like that? What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, and that's kind of the funny thing. People, because I know the Russo's can- ago and they were like we want to make secret wars and i was like yeah i want you to do it too man like i really want to see secret wars but i think a lot of people um are expecting like secret wars in 1984 um before we were talking about the idea of kang i would have said sure like i could definitely see something like that happening i mean i don't it seems like sort of a tall order to explain the beyond or like okay guys so like all these people in the mc were fighting each other why uh, because a crazy voice from the sky told him to. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, I mean, I guess. Because you, you never really see what the Beyonder looks like in the first Secret Wars. It's literally just a rift in space and like a booming voice from the sky. So, mm. you know, it might as well have just been God. And it's not until you get to Secret Wars 2, um, the, fo- the, the follow up story, that you actually see what the Beyonder looks like. And he's basically John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> but, um, right, yeah. But you know, in, in talking about Kane, uh Kane, if I'm being honest, if they do a Secret Wars, it'll be called Secret Wars, but it would basically be Ultron Forever um by a different name. Did you ever read Ultron Forever?
0: You know, I don't think I wait. So was that a retelling of the Ultron story that came out like around the time of Avengers? Is that is that what it, it's like not canon or was it no. a canon story?
1: No, you're thinking of uh, okay, so so Ultron Forever. I want to say it was a story that was teased in Jonathan Hickman's Avengers and New Avengers when Captain America ended up 500 years in the future okay. and Ultron had seemingly conquered everything. Um, and then it was a story that had actually been told. It's like a three-part series, I think. Hmm. Um, and so the, the, whole, the whole gist behind Ultron is that at some future point in time, which seemed to be like an alternate reality where Age of Ultron never ended, like Ultron was never defeated, but whatever it was, by whatever manner and whatever means, Ultron conquers the world. And like all the Avengers as we traditionally know them are killed and are replaced with like Ultron robots that act as the Avengers. But more so than that, it wasn't even him just conquering the world. Like he conquered Asgard so like Ultron killed Odin and became like the Allfather Whoa. and so like Ultron Prime basically just like sits in Asgard on the throne of Odin and like he looks amazing if you ever get a chance to look, him up. Yeah, look, look up, him up look up look uh, up like Ultron uh, Ultron Forever Odin and like he just he looks awesome it's it's nuts how cool he looks but like you know and, and what you ended up getting was Whoa, actually yeah. Dr. Doom I just
0: looked him up he looks
1: dope yeah dude it's sick isn't it like yeah. it's just he's got helmet and like the, the feathers and everything. Yeah, yeah. It looks awesome. Right? He's got like like well I think I think he has like the huge like
0: cloak. Yeah. And everything. Yeah and he's massive yeah. dude. I've seen a shot right here yeah. where like Thor's like walking up to him or something. Yeah it's crazy.
1: Yeah it's like Ultron with the Odin force and it's like Jesus that's OP. Yeah yeah. But um but yeah so so what ends up happening in that story is actually Dr. Doom who I think turns out to be a Doom bot ends up calling together um, Avengers from three different time periods. So it was basically uh, the same plot as the original Avengers Forever storyline, except it didn't deal with like the Destiny Force or anything like that. Right, okay. And um and yeah, so it like, it's like an Avengers team composed of Avengers from three different time periods. So like the Avengers in the future, the Avengers in the present, and the Avengers in the past. And I could easily see a Secret Wars type event created by Kane the Conqueror where he basically just snatches up superheroes throughout the time stream for no other reason than the fact that it just, he just finds it fun, right? To just pit these superheroes against each other because he's just cruel and malevolent and that kind of a thing. So it sort of fits in with the nature of Kang, like just toying with, you know, all these things to all these, these beings who exist across the time stream. And it's, and, and, and it, you know, in all honesty, depending on when they do it, you could see Robert Downey Jr. Come back. I mean, I'm sure he would come back for like one film and it's a fat paycheck, but yeah, than, hey, bro, of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Like, come back, man. If you're graying a little bit, we'll use some just for men. Don't worry. We'll, like, we'll get you sorted out. We'll make you look young again. But, like, come along, you know, come back. And then, like, you get, like... So you basically get, like, the original roster. Yeah. Right? Or maybe just some of the original Avengers. So you get, like, Iron Man, Captain America, and maybe Thor from the past. And then you get, like, the Avengers as they exist in the present day, plus maybe a couple other superheroes. And then, like, Avengers we haven't seen yet in the future oh, yeah. that we may never see.
0: I would love right? that. But, like, dude.
1: characters... Yeah exactly, like characters from the future. So it's like, I know we haven't done this movie yet, guys, but, like, here's Wolverine fighting Iron Man, and you're like, yeah! Yeah, dude. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, it'd be, yeah, it'd be it'd be crazy, right? Or, like, Magneto fighting fighting Iron Man or something along like those lines. But yeah. um, I could definitely see them doing, you know, they could call it Secret Wars, because it's, like, a secret war that nobody knows about. But, because, uh, I mean, you know, after Avengers Endgame, I mean, at that point, they're just making titles that are on the nose, right? Like, yeah. literally, Doctor Strange is like, we're in the Endgame now. And everyone's like, I wonder where the title is.
0: yeah Yeah. for sure (laughs) you
1: know but
0: yeah that would be fun i I would love that i mean i think that uh there's still a lot of crazy hype things that they could do with it i guess the question is like on the other side of that do you think there's a new status quo set or are they like you know gonna just kind of keep moving forward because they are sort of developing young avengers and i think young avengers could be its own thing but those actors and those characters could mature into future Avengers as well. And like they have almost unlimited Marvel characters, you know. But, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, within the comics, they always seem to go back to, you know, the core group, the core group of Avengers. And I think all new, all different Marvel is one of the closest scenarios to getting pretty far away from that sort of fundamental group of Avengers. But then they just go back to it, right? And they kind of just keep going back to that core group. Do you think that like Marvel has a plan to do that as well, or like how long do you think they could actually like, like how long do you think this thing could go for, Rob? You know what I mean? Like, could they do another ten years, bro? Like, are we gonna see Haley Steinfeld as like an older lady in ten years? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna see uh, old I mean, Hawkeye, right? Yeah, you know, like we're gonna see old Kate Bishop. Um, no, you know, the the reason why Marvel Comics does that is because they can. Yeah. Right. I mean, Spider Man will look however it is he's drawn to look. Mm. Uh, whereas here in the real world, Robert Downey Jr. will look 10 years older when 10 years pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, regardless, unless we find some way, unless we find some. You know, I mean,
0: with, 1, with 1, deep fakes, bro, you, you know, know what like, I mean? Like, they might. They, that's, you know? that's,
1: that's fair. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, like, LucasArts did hire that guy who did fakes yeah. for all the Star Wars. But yeah. They hired him. So, um, I mean, uh, you know, barring something like that, like, the character, like, these guys age in real time. So, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like the roles stay the same, right? So the Avengers, like every every iteration of the Avengers in the MCU, always has a Thor, and like it always has a Hulk, and like it always has a Captain America or an Iron Man or something like that. But then you see ancillary members thrown in, right? Like when when Marvel did um the new Avengers, that came out of Avengers Disassembled, hmm. right? Like you know the Scarlet Witch tricked the world into thinking that Tony Stark was drunk. And, stock plummeted you know nobody everybody's backing out of stark, uh, stark industries and he didn't have enough money to bank all the avengers so he's like hey guys i'm sorry we're broke i can't pay for you guys to be heroes anymore and they're like okay well then let's go home so you know and then and then you go into post house of landscape i think it was post house of him, maybe it wasn't and then you get new avengers right so you get like spider-man and wolverine captain america iron man um you get you know you get like this new team of avengers which was great, and it was incredibly well received, and that's the benefit of the Avengers, and I think it's something that that Marvel's doing really well with how they structure the Avengers team in the MCU is a rotating roster. Because mm. I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, how <laughs> how many you know, Avengers movies would you really want to see before you get tired of Chris Hemsworth, yeah. or you get tired of Mark Ruffalo Hulk, or or something like that? Like, there comes a point when it's like, okay, so like. I've literally seen like seven Avengers movies in my life and they all have Chris Hemsworth. Can we get like a different Thor, like a different character? Give us like Gatorade Bill or something like that. Like there is such a thing as people just getting burned out on seeing the same thing. And while the most hardcore comic book fans would be like, no, we want to see Chris Hemsworth play for as long as they possibly can the reality is that disney and marvel studios are not making movies for the hardcore comic book fans right they're making comic book movies for the general movie going audience they found a winning formula that kind of merges the two but there's a lot more casual movie fans than there are hardcore comic readers. yeah and so so they're, they're they're at they would be foolish not to make movies for those guys you know they take they take just multi-million dollar losses every time they, they launched the a movie if they did right um so I think, if anything, the impetus is probably us as as comic book fans to accept just the winds of change and that, you know, it seems kind of silly to believe that, like, Chris Hemsworth at, like, 55 years old could be a competent and believable Thor, right? They're like, someone's going to have to take his place, you yeah. know, whether it's a new character or, or like, Odin's son dies and is reborn in a different form and like it's this other person instead. I mean, they did it with Loki, but yeah. they killed Loki off during Siege and then they brought him back as a different character. And even in the Loki TV show, you saw different iterations of his character. True. Yeah. Um, you know, so it wouldn't be that hard to believe like Tom Hiddleston, you know, is quote unquote killed off because he's done playing the character of Loki and then enters some other actor or actress that is like, you know what, I just got tired of my previous form. I changed into this one. And depending on how they write it, people would just kind of be like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can get behind that, and then just kind of go.
0: For- yeah, for you know, sure. It's, it's,
1: yeah, you know, it, it it depends on how they do it, but um, but I, I I don't know if I got
0: off track. Oh no, you're good, As- man. No, I just think <laughs> okay. like for me, it's like I, I just I'm so curious about it because on the one hand, I think they could they could continuously soft reboot, and like one of the things that happened after Secret Wars, the the Hickman one, was you know they just brought Miles just into our universe and like he's just there. And so there are ways that you could do a soft reboot where like if they do this really crazy version of Secret Wars or something, and then like all the universes are being destroyed and it's something akin to the end of that one where you know, with Franklin and Reed, they're just recreating universes. You could do a soft reboot where you have some of those characters as played by the same actors, maybe even some of them remember the old world or the secret war that happened, but then you can have a whole new Tony Stark, a whole new Thor and do like a soft reboot, but you also have the option to sort of try to run that continuity as long as you can and have it be a really long thing. And I think almost maximum would be like 20 years, right? Where it's like, you get to the point where you're at, you're 20 years in, you haven't had Iron Man for about half of that realistically, right? and you've got all these new characters and you've done all this new stuff and it's really fun and it's a it's a continuous continuity but at some point you are going to have to either completely reboot it or at least do a soft reboot which creates like a new timeline and a new a new group of heroes to sort of, you know, follow after. It, it's a really interesting problem because even right now they have things that they're going to do in the next like few years that are great but not exactly as we would want them. Like it's a shame that Reed and Tony will never really interact. You know what I mean? Like it's a shame that Charles Xavier won't be interacting with some of the Avengers and and even Reed and and some of these other folk. Right. So there's still dope stuff that you would want to see as a comic book fan. And I guess I'm just like confused, like with them bringing in their new version of X-Men which I think at this point, you know, with all the signs we're hearing of, like, the D'Onofrio changes and him being, like, you know, the thick boy kingpin from the comics, if anything, what they're going to do with uh, Fantastic Four and X-Men is make them really close to their comic book counterpart, which is exciting. But then even that can only really run for so long before they they have to make a decision. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's crazy to think about, but it, it has to, something's got to give.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I, I don't really think that you'll see um, like the same characters playing the same roles. I mean, I think for in some instances you could, but only under the circumstances where they can get away with it. So like Loki or something like that. Um, but I think that that I don't think they'll do like a Secret Wars type reboot where like it'll be the collapse of the multiverse and then like it'll be reborn, but like everybody's different. Um, honestly, you know, as much as I would love to see, like, Doctor Strange 2 lead into essentially the destruction of the multiverse and everything just condensing down to a single timeline that, like, Kane the Conqueror is manipulating and controlling, which leads into him being, like, the next main villain, I don't think that'll happen. Um, I think that's just gonna be, uh, I think it's just gonna be a great, you know, multiversal sort of spanning event that'll go into Doctor Strange 2 from Spider-Man No Way Home, and, like, the day will be saved against whoever it is that they're fighting, and everybody will go back to their respective universes, right? And that'll essentially right. be it. Um, I think in terms of of the future of the MCU, I don't think you're really gonna be seeing any kind of uh any kind of reboots because what would be the point? Right. I mean I mean, I guess if you know the if, if people were so adamant about seeing like Iron Man come back, um that they were like, okay, like let's just reboot it all, you know, kind of start from scratch. But if, if they did that, I think a lot of you know it's a lot of people would feel the way dc fans felt in 2012 when dc rebooted with the new 52 that all the years of comic book reading they've done were out the window right. it didn't matter yep and if if marvel comes along and they're like okay guys so we've been the last 20 years and we're going to start this trend of basically rebooting like every 20 or 30 years it's going to kind of piss people off i think yeah. because they're going to be like well i mean i was part of this great big huge grandiose story i mean imagine that dude like imagine like like you started watching with Iron Man One, right? And if we if we really want to take it back, we can go back to like Blade, right? right. Like the movie that saved and that, that saved like Marvel's credibility when it comes to being able to make a comic book, you know, a film about a comic book character. Um and really I, I would say Blade probably saved the comic book film community as a whole. Yeah. Um, but you know, if we want to say, okay, like we we all went back all the way with and then we we end this right with like Secret Wars, which comes out in like twenty thirty or something like that. Right? Right. So you're literally talking about what What's the 2424 24 years of movies, right? Like 2006 to 2030, right? So like 24 years of comic book films. And then they're like, reboot. And like, it all gets wiped away. And none of it mattered. It's like it never happened in the first place. I think that's gonna kind of piss some people off. Um, yeah. I think people would would just kind of feel they feel left out. You know, it would it would be the Marvel Cinematic Universe equivalent of when The Walking Dead killed like when they killed glenn didn't tell you who it was and ended the season yeah right and literally killed their viewer base right like the series just never recovered right after that you know walking like the viewership on the walking back after that and, and I, I think that if they were to reboot i think it, would, it could potentially kill the mcu because people would feel people if if they said like okay and this is going to be our standard fare right if feige comes out in some interview and he was like well you know we feel like it's necessary to reboot every 20 years or 30 years or something like that people are going to be like well then what's the point of watching the movies if Mm. it's all just going to get thrown away you know like unless the movies are that compelling unless they're just unless they're just that fascinating that like you are driven to watch them yeah um it's not going to work especially when you consider that movies friends so comic book movies are really popular right now in 30 years, they might not be, right. right? It might just be something else, right? We just re- return to some former method of storytelling. But um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think you'll see... I think what you'll see is what Marvel Comics does right now, that outside of retelling the origin of a character or revealing aspects of their origin we didn't know about, right? So like Bucky Barnes is the one responsible for the deaths of Howard Maria Stark, as opposed to just, quote-unquote, a car accident. Uh, we, with the exception of things like that, I think you're just going to kind of see that she's not like... Generation after generation after generation. Um, I think that they'll make it more organized, mm-hmm. you know, so they'll, they'll take a page out of like, right. So in the aftermath of Civil War comics, you had the 50 state initiative where it was basically a government sanctioned superhero, uh, superhero team, like superhero system. Right. So like literally there were superhero teams in all 50 states and the teams that were in those states were based on the needs of that state. Right. So like New York is where the worst things happen. So that's where you're gonna you're gonna keep like the, the main Avengers themselves, things like that. That's where like the biggest threats are. Right. I mean, and like the Great Lakes, right? Just like the general area, like you nothing happens out there. Right. So that's where you station the Great Lakes Avengers.
0: Yep. <laughs> but land.
1: um but then yeah, exactly Flatland. But but you're gonna you're gonna they might have a little bit organized where they're like, okay, we have Avengers Academy now. So like the Cake Bishops and like the the well, assuming they ever come back, right? Like the Tommies and and the billies and all that kind of stuff like this is where we're going to train them and what it means to be a hero so that when the time comes when um when uh, anthony Mackey is like you know what i'm captain america and so see you i'm ready to just move on to something else and so it's oh no captain america dies some fight against some guy then it's like next and like the new captain america comes in you know when Clint barton gets killed you know in some circumstance because jeremy renner's done playing hawkeye then like Kate Bishop steps in the role of Hawkeye, right? She's the next logical successor. And that over the course of the movies that they're making, they start grooming characters to replace the roles of other characters. And we, as the movie audience, understand that's what's happening, right? Like right now with Kate Bishop, if Jeremy Renner would have died at the end of this show, there might be a little bit of resistance to it because people are like, we don't know if she's going to be effective. But I think a lot of people would be interested to see if she is and to see how her character's written and whether or not she can up to the original Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's what you're going to see is just kind of a roster that goes on generation after generation involving the various superheroes just being replaced by different iterations, some of which will be similar to the ones they replace, and some of which will be totally different.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. That's that's very likely to be the strategy that they utilize at least for some time. But I do think that you're going to get to this point where, you know, you might want, because even now there's like big rumors that there's a Tom Cruise Iron Man, you know, from an alternate dimension that might show up in, a, you know, Multiverse of Madness. And you wonder, like, is is that a possibility then? Because, you know, with uh, Gamora and well, if you think about it, like with Gamora, right, like we've got a Gamora. Like a variant Gamora. Like our main Gamora is literally a variant. You know what I mean? And it's uh, the same thing happens in What If, where they take that uh, they take that Black Widow from the zombie universe. She's a variant, and now they just plug her in to a different universe, where she's now the Black Widow for that universe. So do you think that, yeah. that could be a way out of this, where they sort of plug in multiversal uh, versions for characters they want to continue working with?
1: Well, I mean, they could, but the problem with that is there's no growth there. Right. If like, if the future of the MCU is just trying to find ways to make sure Black Widow is on Avengers and trying to find ways to make sure Thor is on the Avengers or Iron Man's on the Avengers or Captain America or something like that, it never grows and it never changes. Mm. And in all honesty, I don't really want to see that. Like, I don't want to be stuck watching comic book movies where the avengers roster always consists of like the same six people with like an extra guy mm. right like i don't i don't i don't want that like i don't want to always see captain america on the avengers i don't want to always see you know iron man or thor or somebody like that you know i'd be in, more interested in seeing an avengers roster that has like Ares, mm. right or has like hyperion right. or has yeah. blue marvel yeah. or like moon knight or somebody like that right an avengers roster starkly different no pun intended, but like starkly different Hmm. from the previous Avengers roster that we saw for the first, you know, 10 years of the MCU. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would I would love to see that. I would love to see that kind of growth and that kind of change. Right, the roster shifting because it keeps things fresh. That's true. It keeps things fascinating and interesting. So
0: yeah, that's true. Well, last question before we uh, get out of here, I just want to know, like, what are your feelings about what they're going to do with X Men and Fantastic Four? Obviously, is super hype properties. As a big comic book fan, it's exciting that Marvel has these properties back. What do you expect from Feige's version? of these characters, of these great franchises? Is there anything, like, you you really want to see? Anything you think we're going to see? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that that with the, well, at least what I hope to see with the X-Men, they bring them in organically. I know there's rumors that, like, supposed to appear in Doctor Strange 2 and it's like Wolverine and like Professor X are two of the members of the Illuminati or at least they are they're, they're supposed to appear in there I think Professor X is like the leader yeah. of the Illuminati and that Wolverine is supposed to appear in Doctor Strange 2 um I mean that's fine right i guess maybe be like a last hurrah for Hugh Jackman you know i don't know how they would play that i'm interested in seeing Hugh Jackman continue of Wolverine in the Marvel cinematic universe because i'd be really fascinated to see what his character looks like If it's being written under the direction of Feige, right? Like versus how he was written at Fox, right? I'd be very, very curious to see, you know, what the potential differences are there. Um, If they do introduce the X Men in the MCU, I would hope that they would do it based on the Ultimate Universe, um, where they would basically, and and they could kind of mock MCU, but basically all they would say is that with Hydra having taken over Shield at some point along the line that uh, they were attempting to make new Captain Americas. And this was all done under the umbrella of Weapons Plus. Mm. So Captain America, you could call like Weapon Zero, right? Like the original super soldier. And so Weapon One was Hydra's attempt to create a new Captain America, running all the way up to Weapon X, which was Wolverine. And along the way, they realized he had a healing factor. They basically, you know, um, took that healing factor, they activated it, then decided the process to activate it, spread it across the world, and, you know, some kind of an right but it gets spread across the world and then there you go you got mutants you know in right. the mcu you know or, or something along those lines i don't know but mutant powers just start waking up somewhere along the line maybe you could tie it into like the the emergence right the fact that um you know that that um uh, tmu or Tiamut, whatever they want to began yeah. to emerge it just started activating genes you know of mutants across the world some kind of weird feedback i'm you know
0: yeah like I mean that's fair because it's a lot of like cosmic energy and just the yeah. idea that like because I, I there's a lot to hopefully there's a lot of to unpack with eternals in the future because like i I even found it interesting that like they make mention of the celestials like pulling together matter to create stars and I thought that was kind of interesting because you have uh you, you know you've got uh, Icarus fly into the sun at the end of the film and I think at face value it looks like he's committing suicide but it's also possible that He's just going into the sun to like absorb all of that cosmic energy, and he's trying to to get some level of power to be able to actually help fight against celestials or something like that. But I could totally see that being the case, where you know something went on there that created a, a cascading effects of mutations. My only sort of problem with that is that you already have Scarlet Witch, right, and you already have Namor. So Namor going to be established. Is he not going to be a mutant? Is Scarlet Witch not a mutant in? our universe you know what i mean like that to me is a little weird and she's definitely well I, I at least from what i've heard of the um the plot leaks and stuff and a lot of this could be changing because dr strange is like shooting a whole nother movie right now but the the idea is that there'll be a wanda in that film with charles and likely with logan and maybe even other mutants so in that universe she's clearly a mutant and if our Wanda is going to possess that wanda because they're so similar, like, dude, then she is a mutant, mutants have been established. So maybe it's one of those things where they've sort of always been around and and they could still do the idea that, you know, of Weapon Plus and, and have Logan be, you know, sort of an experimentation in that. But maybe they've sort of always been around and it's sort of been downplayed. You could also, like, utilize Kang as maybe Kane was... Um, you know, making it so that the mutants didn't take over the planet because that would create a big threat for him in the future or something to that degree. Uh Yeah, so I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of fun stuff that they could do with that. But uh what about the Fantastic Four? Do you think they're going to do uh, cosmic rays in a spaceship? And, you know, like, do, like what do you think about uh, the Fantastic Four in the MCU? Yeah,
1: I mean, the Fantastic Four is really easy to do. Like, all you basically say, from my perspective, you just basically say that, like, in the aftermath of the snap... And like a giant face appearing in the sky when the clouds parted, like, like at that point, you know, like the world is like, okay, we got to get a better grasp on what's going on out here, right? I mean, you've already got sword, right? They they might call it the alpha Flight program, whatever it is that they call it, but like Nick Fury's monitoring space, which really begs the question, what the hell were they doing when a giant guy appeared, like a giant red dude showed up looking at the earth
0: yeah totally right like and then, <laughs> like, the people away the and then
1: like teleported away. Yeah. yeah like like what was nick fury doing right like were, were they asleep yeah yeah for sure <laughs> right were they were they binging hawkeye and just totally missed it you know yeah, how, um, how did they how yeah. did they miss it like, but um but i think that that what you would have it would be easier to do if you had sword but it's like okay guys we need to explore space uh like we need some we need some people who are volunteers and like reed richards and ben grimm and johnny storm and sue storm all basically agree like they apply for the program and they're approved and they're thrown together and they go flying in space and maybe they hit some cosmic rays i don't know and then they become the fantastic yeah. right but it's basically a mission gone wrong like it's supposed to be a space a space exploration mission that was spearheaded by sword that basically went awry, and then they ended up gaining powers as a result. I mean, that's the thing about the Fantastic Four—they're very, very malleable, right? It's very, very easy to introduce a circumstance whereby four individuals become the Fantastic Four. Right. Now,
0: you know, we, I mean, we, as long
1: as we, as long as it's not Fantastic, right? Yeah, like, yeah, for I sure. I think we're Fantastic. It's like, say that again. Fantastic. Like, yeah, we're the Fantastic Four. Because, You know, <laughs> I'm Miles Teller.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's like whatever yeah, yeah, in, yeah so. for sure. Do you do you then like kind of expect it to be a new origin, or were they also like around and and they just weren't? You know what I mean? Because it's like I kind of want Doom and Reed to have a history and be older, so I'm not like super down with like a new, like new kids on the block version of them. I don't know.
1: Uh, you know, I kind of want the older, wiser, right? Like the one who's been around for a little while. Um, who's kind of socially awkward? Who's obsessed with his work? Yeah, he doesn't make the kind of time for his family that he should. Um, I kind of want that guy. Like I want Jonathan to Reed Richards.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know,
1: like I want I want that version of. Reed. Um, but I mean, I, I would I'd probably be okay with a younger Reed. Like I mean, Ultimate Reed was okay, and I, I wasn't the biggest fan of him. Um, I thought he was interesting when he was when he became a bad guy and like he created the city, right? Like this place that like hyper accelerated evolution. Yeah. So he like created life out of nowhere. I mean stuff like that was cool. Yeah. But um you know but outside of that, you know, I, I want the Jonathan, the Mark Miller, like I want that version of Richards, right? The one who's just been around and seen stuff. Yeah. Um the big question, yeah, I mean, if you know if Richards is really a genius, who's like the smartest man in the world, why we never heard of him yet. Yeah, where's where has he been? <laughs> that's, that's the big question. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He has
0: more to explain than the Eternals, to be honest, like, you know, where you, where you been, bro? Um, but yeah, yeah, thanks thanks a lot man for doing this. Uh I think it was a good conversation about uh Marvel Phase 4, you know, the start and everything. But, you know, your final word on this. Are you you're not worried. You you think it's all good. You think Marvel's doing a doing a good job and everything's going to be okay?
1: Yeah, I mean, I you know, I understand where conversations are coming from, but I also think it's a little too early to judge the value of phase four, because we are, uh, a, f- a few series into it, you know, like a handful, like what, what, like three series, three and a half series into it, maybe, um, we're three movies into it and we've got what, something like seven or eight more movies to go. And then we've got a few more series to go. So, you know, this is, this is the equivalent of us getting the first two movies of phase four or phase, you know, I'm of, of, sorry, of the 10 years and then making a determination as to whether or we're just not in far enough yeah um so you know i think we need to give it a few more movies i think you're right when you say that between spider-man no way home and doctor strange 2 if coming out of those movies we don't have a much better understanding and a much better direction of where things are going then we got a problem but until then like literally loki wandavision falcon and not even falcon the winter soldier loki wandavision um and then shang chi the eternals like all those have basically done is just said, Hey guys, like some things are happening.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and like, sure.
1: that's it. That, that's, that's, re- that's really all it is. Yeah. Right? Like that's, that's, that's all it is. Like things are going to get bad soon guys. Just, just hold on and then you'll find out. So. Yeah, I yeah. think we just need to get a little
0: bit of time. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully, uh, you know, some of the things that they've shuffled around, they can uh, you know, bring it home and, and bring it into a, a concise place. Or if they're gonna go, you know, villain of the week and split it up, hopefully it can all still really be impactful. I think either way, we'll be excited for the content. We'll be checking it out and uh giving our thoughts on it. And so, uh again, uh Rob, thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, always appreciate chatting with you. And uh yeah, hopefully we'll do it again soon, man.